Great leaders love, engage, adapt, disciple, encourage, and respect. They are resilient and persevere. The best leaders are followers. Welcome to In the Bullpen with Mark Dewey, sponsored by Developing Contenders Ministries. You're listening to the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Thank you for joining us. And look who's coming up. High fly ball into right field. She is gone! Many people consider John Wooden one of the greatest, if not the greatest, coach in history. And there's good reason for that. Wooden was an outstanding coach, an outstanding leader of men, young men, collegiate age men. And Wooden wrote this, I think that in any group activity, whether it be business, sports, or family, there has to be leadership or it won't be successful. That is a true statement to which I can say amen very heartily. However, I wish he would have added in that list the church as well. And Wooden had many characteristics about him and in his upbringing that made him a great coach and a great leader. But first among them was that John Wooden was a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there are common characteristics of good or great leaders, whatever sphere they may be in, the family, the church, business, sports, government, whatever it might be. But oftentimes, even great leaders, leaders who have established a track record of success, have experienced failure. But great leaders overcome failure. They do so with resilience and perseverance, because those two are also marks of a good or a great leader. There are two men who have demonstrated themselves to be good leaders, in particular as managers at the Major League Baseball level. Both of these men have experienced sustained success as major league managers. Both of these men have led teams to a World Series championship. And both of these men were fired in the last couple of weeks. Joe Girardi of the Phillies and Joe Madden of the Angels. And I think it's appropriate, even though you might find it a little bit corny, to say here, these are not your average Joes. They have had great success as managers, as leaders of men. But both the Phillies and the Angels were performing very poorly, well below the expectations that others had for these teams. Now, it's hard to say how much of the responsibility, or I should say fault, would go to the manager. But the responsibility is on the one who leads the team. In this case, in the dugout, Joe Girardi for the Phillies and Joe Madden for the Angels. And both men, because they are good leaders, recognize this. They understand that it's part of being a leader. After the Phillies fired Joe Girardi and replaced him with Rob Thompson, they went on a nine-game winning streak, and they outscored their opponents by a huge margin. Now, yesterday, that streak was snapped, and really in a big way, as they had a blowout loss to the Arizona Diamondbacks. 
The Angels, on the other hand, were in the midst of a lengthy losing streak when Joe Madden was fired, and that streak continued. But it finally came to an end at 14 games. They lost 14 games in a row until on Thursday, they were able to beat the Boston Red Sox by the final score of 5-2. to two. And the Angels were led to this victory on the mound and at the plate by Shohei Otani. So Otani was the starting pitcher in that game. He went seven innings, giving up only four hits, one run, and had six strikeouts. And then at the plate was two for four with a home run and two RBI. And so like last season, I consider Shohei Otani the pick for AL MVP. Now I recognize he's not quite on the same pace so far through about 60 games as what he did in 2021, but if he continues to do what he is doing on the mound and at the plate, I don't know how you give the MVP to anybody else. He is doing what nobody else in the game is doing right now, and in some cases, he's doing what nobody else has ever done in Major League Baseball. Now, that's my pick, and I think it's a pick that has to stay true unless Otani gets hurt or just falls flat on his face. But others are going to argue that this man ought to be the front runner for AL MVP. Wow! Way up there. Back goes Hap. It is gone! It brings rain! 23rd for Judge! This one hard. Left center field. Aaron Judge again. His 24th, the fifth of the ninth for the Bronx Bombers. That game took place on Saturday. Yesterday, Judge did not hit any home runs, but he did go three for six. Currently, he is leading not just the American League, but leading baseball in home runs, slugging percentage, and on-base plus slugging percentage. He's batting well over 300. I think he's at 318, and he is in the top three in all Major League Baseball in RBI. All of this after turning down huge money during spring training but he appears to be on his way to making even far more when this season is over. We'll have to see. Is it going to be the New York Yankees or somebody else? But not only is Aaron Judge leading the Yankees on the field, he is the leader in the clubhouse as well. And he is leading the team on and off the field that has the best record in baseball. They've won four straight games. They've won 11 of their last 12 And right now, they're on pace to set an all-time regular season record for wins. The record is held right now by the 1906 Cubs and the 2001 Mariners. Both of those teams won 116 games. 
Right now, the Yankees, depending on how you do the math, if you round up, are on pace to win 119 games. The Yankees, undoubtedly, right now, are the best team in baseball. But there's actually one team in baseball that's hotter than the Yankees. Kenley Jansen is seeking his 18th save at 21 tries. Swaggerty takes off Jansen's pitch. High fly ball hit toward left. Duvall is there. And the Braves do turn it up to 11. 11 straight wins now for the Atlanta Braves. The winning streak that began at the start of the month of June and began after Braves manager Brian Snicker held a team meeting. And as a leader, and as a good leader, he took charge. And he challenged the players. They had been playing sloppy baseball. And he made sure that they understood that was not acceptable. He rebuked them, he challenged them, and the players responded. And now the Braves have won 11 straight games, and they are creeping closer and closer to the New York Mets, who currently lead the National League East. Now, I want to go back to New York, back even to the New York Yankees. Because yesterday, a Yankee player had an absolutely phenomenal game. Seven hits, six of them home runs, second player in the major league since 1900 to do that. Trevor Story, the other. There's a base hit. Past the diving Swindell. One run scores. Stanton will stop at third. It's an RBI double for Carpenter. What a Sunday for Matt Carpenter. It's 16-4 Yankees. Seven RBIs. Matt Carpenter yesterday, three for four, two home runs, a two-run shot, and a three-run homer, seven RBI, and here's the kicker. He was told only an hour before the game that he would be starting at third base. He did not know until an hour before the game. And if you listen to the beginning of that clip carefully, you heard that of his first seven hits this season, six have been home runs, and that has only been done once in history, and that was by Trevor Story. And also, he has six home runs in his first 10 games with the Yankees, and no one, no one in the long, storied, successful career of the New York Yankees team has ever done that. And Matt Carpenter is a great example of being resilient and persevering. First, when he went to TCU, Texas Christian, and he wasn't performing as everybody anticipated, and he ballooned up to something like 240 pounds. And he started getting things back together again. But he did not sign professionally until after his fifth year senior season. And he signed for the enormous amount of $1,000 to play professional baseball. And yet he spent a decade, I think it's actually 11 years, as an instrumental member of a very good baseball team, the St. Louis Cardinals. But the last two seasons, 2020 and 2021, were, I think he would even say, miserable seasons, his final two seasons with the Cardinals. He began this season in AAA with the Rangers. He asked for and was granted his release, and then in May, signed with the Yankees. And because of what he's doing, and I don't mean simply some of the things that are going on that are records, but also his comeback, if you will, because people were writing him off as being done, he's getting a lot of attention. And so a lot of people are asking him questions. And he says that the way he is able to do this is to be always prepared and always ready to play. And he says to do so is more of a mindset than anything. And that is so true. We must be ready in our minds. We must be ready to compete, to play, to prepare, all of those things in our minds as well as in our bodies. 
And then again, he spent over a decade with a very good team in a very good storied uh, organization, the Cardinals. And now he's with another great team and another great storied organization, the New York Yankees. And he said, when you sign up to put on this jersey, you're expected to carry yourself in a certain way. And you're expected to compete for a World Series. And he says, this team has a commitment to excellence. And on this team, he says, the team comes before the individual. All of those things are true about good teams. And and I grew up a Tigers fan. The Tigers were in the AL East most of my life and therefore in the same division as the New York Yankees. But I never was a Yankee hater because of these things that really were established by George Steinbrenner. There are expectations, not just how you play, though that's there, you're expected to compete every year for a World Series, but how you carry yourself. There's expectation that you're going to be committed to excellence. There's the expectation that you understand the team comes before the individual if you are playing for the New York Yankees. Now, while leaders exhibit common characteristics, not all leaders are well-known. If you follow professional baseball even a little bit, you have likely heard and are familiar with all of the names that I have spoken about thus far. However, unless you follow baseball very closely, or if you happen to be a fan of these particular teams, there are some leaders you may not know about at all or very little about. And these men aren't necessarily leaders because they're leading the league in some statistical category or because they're... Go- they, they're interviewed and speak leadership kinds of things, but they lead by example. They lead by overcoming challenges, by overcoming adversity. They lead by doing this and achieving what many, most maybe even, would say, "Ah, get real, this isn't going to happen. Now, three of these men I had the privilege of working with with the Milwaukee Brewers. All three of these men recently got their first ever call-up to Major League Baseball. They are all three now Major League Baseball players. The first is Luke Barker. Luke Barker was undrafted out of Chico State. He went to independent ball. He played actually in the Frontier League, a league that I had coached in several years ago, for Traverse City, and then signed with the Brewers in 2017. Basically, as a guy who was going to throw strikes, fill in, and help out the organization at the minor league level. Well, he did that. But he did far more than that, and now he's in the big leagues. Another young man, Peter Strzelecki, who was drafted, I'm sorry, undrafted, and the Brewers signed in 2018 when I was with them, went undrafted out of college, just like Luke Barker, and he also made his Major League debut recently and also picked up his first Major League win. And then the third person no longer plays for the Brewers but used to be with the Brewers, Jose Quas. He was drafted and signed as an infielder. And I was there in 2018 when he was converted to pitching. And then his career went through ups and downs, looked like it was over, looked like he was going to be out of baseball, and yet was recently called up by the Kansas City Royals. All three of these stories are great stories. These are three that I know about because of my experience with these three men. But there are stories like this around in Major League Baseball and around us in all sorts of spheres. And they're great stories. They exhibit the qualities of leadership. Now, in my introduction, I said the best leaders are followers. 
And I think sometimes people go, whoa, what, what do you mean by that? If you're a leader, how are you a follower? Well, I'm not talking about following just anybody or any view of the world or any way of living. I'm talking about the best leaders are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ and live and act and speak according to what he reveals in his word. These leaders, whether they're well-known or unknown, whether they're outspoken or quietly spoken, they follow Jesus, they obey his commandments, they have conviction of what is right, and they have the courage to do what is right, regardless of the consequences, either potential or actual. There's a great quote from General George Patton. He wrote, Moral courage is the most valuable and usually the most absent characteristic in men. That is so true. And moral courage can only truly be present for those who are denying themselves, taking up their cross, and following King Jesus. I mentioned five men a week ago, and I want to mention them again because they are exhibiting this kind of moral courage. Five pitchers, all relief pitchers, for the Tampa Bay Rays. Jason Adam, Jalen Beeks, Brooks Raley, Jeffrey Springs, Ryan Thompson. Again, if you didn't listen last week, you can go back and do so, or you can just Google the names and see what they did a week ago Saturday as pitchers for the Tampa Bay Rays in their Pride Night, quote-unquote, celebration. None of these men are household names. None of these five men are multimillionaires. But each of them showed what leadership looks like when they refused to participate in an event celebrating that which is an abomination in the eyes of God. And these five men were a tremendous and continue to be a tremendous encouragement to me, and I know many others as well. In contrast to what they did a week ago Saturday and the encouragement that they give me and so many others, something took place just two days ago, this past Saturday, in San Francisco. Clayton Kershaw, who is a household name, who has made multiple tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars, who is on his way to the Hall of Fame and who professes the name of Jesus Christ, was the starting pitcher for the Dodgers in San Francisco on Saturday. It was his first game back after being on rehab for an injury. Now, I had read earlier in the week that he was slated to start on Sunday against the Giants, but he started on Saturday. That just happened to be the pride day for the Giants and the first time in Major League history that both teams wore a hat with their insignia having the multiple colors to declare support for the LGBTQIA plus community. Clayton Kershaw was the starting pitcher for the Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw wore the hat. Unlike the Rays pitchers, who put on a normal hat without the colors, Kershaw wore it. Those five with the Rays were an extreme encouragement to me. I'm extremely discouraged by Clayton Kershaw's actions. I'm sure he doesn't care that I'm discouraged. You might not care that I'm discouraged. But this isn't, this whole thing isn't about the LGBTQ+, I should say IA+, IAP+, whatever you want to say. It's not about people that identify in such a way being welcomed at Major League ballparks or being able to buy a hot dog or a beer at the concession stand without being refused service. That has been going on. It will continue to go on. What it is about is pride. Pride in living in rebellion against God. 
and Clayton Kershaw supported that by wearing the hat. Now, I'd be willing to listen to Kershaw to hear what his explanation is as to why he chose to do this. But I wonder what he could say that would demonstrate he was faithfully following King Jesus. It's especially concerning for me because he had a brother in Christ who was exhorting him not to participate in the ungodly promotion of sin. But that's a conversation for another day. Join us next time for In the Bullpen on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Thank you for listening.